This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everyone, and welcome to What Am I Wrong? The podcast. The fantastic, wonderful, beautiful, amazing, life-changing podcast from the two hotties with bodies. You know what someone told me? So I edited a bunch of photos of like what I would look like with a BBL. because I like, saw them and I told you to stop. Never. <laughs> One of my favorite things ever is just like picturing that. Because like as much as people say that like, oh, you know, you can buy whatever kind of body you want. To an extent, yes, that like I have like such a straight up and down body type, like my waist is pretty similarly like size to my chest and my hips. It fits you. It does. I'm like lanky and like kind of straight up and down. And so for fun, I like to pretend what it would look like or think about what it would look like if I got a BBL, which if you are unfamiliar, because apparently some people were like, what's a BBL? And I was like, what, what TikTok for you page are you on? Because like, that's how Mott's finally learned about it. But it's a Brazilian butt lift and you will just notice certain celebrities or maybe people in your own life who like suddenly have like 
it's not even a dump truck. It's like a full shelf of an ass. And it also requires to like make it look more proportional because some people go extreme. You'll do like implant fat transfers on your hips too. Mm -hmm. So just picturing me with that. I don't have a narrow waist. So you would have to do so much to kind of create those proportions. And it made me laugh so fucking hard. I don't know what the point of this was. Oh, hotties with bodies. And I was gonna say one of us has an ass. The other one, phase two. We all have bodies though. We do all have bodies. We just have different bodies. Exactly. I have a butt that looks like a turtle standing on its back legs. It's got a little hump to it. I said you were thicker than a dolphin. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) The bar is so low. I think you misunderstood the tweet because it said out of all the animal kingdom. So that's a lot of animals. Okay. So that is a lot of animals. You're not wrong. I'm learning a lot about animals with our nephew because he just got a new book that has even more animals. And constantly I'm like, I don't even know what this is. Do you follow that guy on TikTok that gives animal facts? No, I don't think so. I think you should follow it so that I can tell Soren. Mm-hmm. He will be pretty excited. He's got like a Peppa Pig book from the library. And he's like memorized all of these books. And so like I constantly am just looking at him like he can read. He can't. He's two. He's memorized it. But, but that's I'm just still like, a big feat. He's the best. So what's new with you? Um, I just, you know, uh, enjoyed my Thanksgiving early. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward to tomorrow, starting tomorrow to Sunday, where no one except for I do have to do one podcast on mm-hmm. Friday. It was supposed to be yesterday, but one of the hosts had to have an emergency mouth surgery. What? Like a root canal or something. Oh. Yeah. And so then we couldn't record. <laughs> that sucks. But oh, I'm yeah. still going to be free. Fucking free. It feels like the holidays have crept up so much. We picked up our turkey on Sunday and Mont was like, today he was like, is there anything you need me to do to prep the turkey while you're doing the podcast? And I was like, oh, I haven't even thought about it. Like, I, I'm not worried about it. I'm not going to do like, I did like a dry salt brine one year where it was like a couple day long process was not worth it yeah usually it's not yeah as long as you get the flavor under the skin yeah. then you're fine turkey is turkey it'll be fine it'll happen and i get to hang out soren so it'll be fun i'm excited and then you get to go to um home for christmas yeah are you excited i am i'm excited for you thank you are you gonna like wear a grinch costume and like scare the kiddos or anything we said we we're gonna do sweaters on christmas but i'm thinking of just getting like a mrs claus full outfit Oh, sexy. Yeah. Just not the sexy one. Not the sexy yeah. one. Since I'll be around <laughs> Wrong the children. Audience. But not the frumpy one either. Yeah. In the middle. In the middle. Like cute. Yeah. Wholesome. But like would date Mrs. Claus look. Yeah. I love that for you. And I'll probably wear my black patent knee length boots to go with it. Ooh. Okay. Katie Heron. Mean Girls shit. For sure. I guess we should give a spiel on this podcast. <laughs> this is But Am I Wrong? Where every week we talk about our lives. We read submissions from all of you. And then we talk about current events and things that are happening. And we decide who is the hero and who is the villain in each of the situations. If you want to submit for the listener portion. Send us an email at butamirongpod at gmail.com, 300 words or less, and give us a, a summary of your situation. You did a wonderful job, Megan. Thank you. So we should read results. Oh, yeah. And we did get some comments from people who wanted more descriptive because it's two weeks later. Oh, Do right. you know what I mean? Yeah. I also need you all to stop voting before you've listened to the episode. Yeah. People have been like, well, I just like get excited and so I vote first. But you don't know what's going on. Yeah, don't do that, please. It is not helpful. And I think I'm going to reformat the sliders. Some people don't like it. So we're going to figure this out. But we're slowly inching our way to it. And I would like to remind everybody that because the premise is, but am I wrong? You're voting for on Instagram who is wrong. Right. It's in the title. Okay. So first up, we have Melissa versus her mom mom wanting to come visit for your birthday and overwhelmingly sorry mom you were wrong (laughs) i'd say like 95 percent. yeah maybe even like 98 valid very fair i will say i definitely go through and like see who like votes like the other way i'm like are you mistaken or are you just like constantly hate listening to this like are you rachel might be Potentially. Do you want to do the next step one or do you want me to do it? I'll do it. So it's Megan versus the Manifestation Girlies. Who's wrong? I think this is pretty much the same as mm-hmm. previous. 98% Manifestation Girlies. I love to go through and see the people who say I'm completely wrong. 
So this one was basically manifestation can be incredibly problematic and the girl bossification of it is that. Mm-hmm. Now we have writer number one versus being okay with flirting with a guy in a relationship. And it is like 99% mm-hmm. the writer is wrong. Anyone who said the opposite, unless they voted wrong, I'm like, you're telling on yourself. Like, we know which kind of person you are in this situation. Oof. All right. So the next one is writer number two versus ex-friend who she previously ghosted and used cousin's death to renew friendship. Who is wrong? Say like 80% say that the ex-friend was. And for anyone who got, some people got confused by the wording of this one. So the writer has an ex-friend who she ghosted, but then the ex-friend was the one who was using the death because someone was like, I don't get it. But did they listen to the episode? I don't know. Stop voting unless you have listened to the episode. And like you have time, you know, mm-hmm. you got some time to do it. So then we have writer number three versus the friend group of guys who stopped talking to her. That was like her ex-boyfriend. And now she's dating another guy in the group. And it is like 45 writer wrong. Yeah, 45. Yeah. So we're like almost 50-50. But I think that makes sense. Mm-hmm. All right, then the next one, writer number four, verse her boyfriend's culture. So this is the one where the writer went out with her boyfriend and everyone's speaking Spanish and she didn't really understand. Plus, she wanted to salsa dance and he didn't want to do salsa dancing. And the birthday girl who they went for does not speak English. Right. And so 90% say that the writer's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Again, this is when I like to go through and see and I'm like, what is this going on with these people? Which is fine, you mm-hmm. know. Then we have wrong of the week. First one, Travis Scott and Astro World. This is the most we have ever had for one for what like vote, and it is overwhelmingly like ninety nine percent, ninety nine point nine nine. You can't even see any no. little bit of like literally, red. like it is almost entirely everyone saying Travis Scott and Astro World's fault. I think we both, the next one too, I think we picked really, <laughs> really like just decisive ones. Yes. And so the next one is Who's Wrong? Ingo Rademacher versus Disney. <laughs> but uh, this is a guy from General Hospital that wouldn't get vaccinated. So he got fired. His last day is today, I believe, which that's airing, <gasps> which I'm very excited about. They're sending him off on a business trip. <laughs> So this is pretty much the same, 99.9%. Wow. See, here's what I would like to know. For the people who voted that he was like not at fault at all, I would absolutely love to know, if you could just clarify for me, are you an anti-vaxxer or are you transphobic? Or racist too, because he said he made a racist comment as well. Any of those three, maybe pick and choose, like two two out of three. Is it three out of three? Which one is it? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of you, it, I, I feel like I can tell when someone's voting wrong and it's usually they have like blue hair and have like a pride flag in their bio and like have like a GoFundMe that's there for any sort of cause-driven thing. Those people, I'm like, I think you voted wrong. There's a lot of other stuff I see that I go, ooh, is that an RN in the bio? Uh-oh, yikes. And I'm like, oh, you're here because you love to hate. Mm-hmm. This is self-sabotage. Mm-hmm. All right, so we'll get into our first segment of But Am I Wrong? And this is where we either pick something from our own lives that we were wrong about or a hot take. What do you have? So I have a hot take. Another angelic week for me. Cannot say the same about myself. I had multiple to choose from personal stories this week. Mine is, I don't think this part is a hot take that we don't hold men as accountable to things as we do women. But the specific take is Chrissy Teigen, who I will no longer ever defend. I used to in the past, but all these tweets and messages that have surfaced about her, I just don't agree with a lot of things that she's done. This past week, she hosted a Squid Games party, Mm -hmm. but she also hosted it with her husband. But all the headlines are saying Chrissy Teigen had this party and no one's holding him accountable i literally didn't even think about that part of it it is a party that they both threw and why are people just attacking her and not him that is such a good point i unfollowed her on like stuff it's just like i also think that like when someone has 
said or done something that is like incredibly like damaging just to a point where like like if I'm not a part of like the community that they have like specifically offended but even if I am like there is just like a level of like I need to unfollow you for Mm -hmm. a bit and like if I like later on decide that I feel like you've handled this in a way that is adequate if I'm a part of the group who has been offended or if I'm not if I see that other people have felt that this has been really worked on I'm just gonna like tap out for a bit But I saw it on a a different post. And the irony of the fact that like BuzzFeed had reported it, yet BuzzFeed has like 15 quizzes about like, how would you die in Squid Games? Like buy the the most Squid Game aesthetic things for your holiday wish list that are like all affiliate links. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is super odd in that there is kind of this vendetta. But at the same time, people used to be so annoyed because it was like BuzzFeed was obsessed with her. And it reminds me of like the... Tr- the fangirl to troll pipeline where like you become so obsessed with someone and then when they can't be held to in most cases I mean unrealistic standards I don't think what she did is like an unrealistic thing that we should that we should be expecting people to do like that was a really fucked up stuff that she had said but when she did that then they turned so so right. hard because they had gone so hard for her like positively before but the SNL did a, like a whole Squid Games like song. I know a lot of people have. I haven't watched Squid Games. Me neither. I won't watch it because it's not my cup of tea. There's nothing fun about that no. type of thing. That's not my genre. Yeah. But if we're going to attack her for doing this, why aren't we attacking John Legend too? Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Matza sent me the original article. And I think that like, I'm one of those people that I'm like, I just think that at this point for everybody involved, like I just probably wouldn't post that kind of stuff. Like it's not necessary to post it, but. But she does things to post them. Yeah. But it's also like, I never even like recognize like, oh yeah, she did this with her husband and he's getting none of it. Yeah. So there's my hot take for this week. Hold men to the same standards as you hold women. If you're going to attack the woman, attack the man too. It does like filter into a lot of stuff. Like if a woman is dating like a man who has like done something bad or whatever, like you get absolutely torn apart. But if a man is dating like a woman who's like, quote unquote, problematic or something, that's very much none of their own. Like, you know, that's none of your business. Like blah, blah, blah. That's a really good one. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I'm so with you. So mine is personal. And again, I had a couple (laughs) to choose from because I woke up and chose violence on every form of social media this week. Does it have to do with baby names? No, that see, I didn't even didn't even have to choose that one, which I totally could have. But this one is (laughs) me versus Rebecca, (laughs) who works at U.S. Bank. So a couple of days ago, when you are all listening to this, it'll be much longer. But the trial finished and we got the verdict for the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. And so I reshared to my story a tweet from the New York Times that says, Kyle Rittenhouse, who fatally shot two men and wounded another, was found not guilty on intentional homicide and four felony charges in a deeply divisive case that fed national debate over vigilantism, gun rights, and the definition of self-defense. And so I reshared that and I just said, disgusting. That's all. (laughs) There are sometimes I post things like the time where I said, I don't know, something about like abortions. And they said, they're praying for me. And I said, I'm casting a satanic spell on you. Like, I know what I'm doing when I'm saying those things. Like, that's going to get people out of the, like, people who are like, not, I'm not usually offended by what you post, blah, blah, blah. This, of everything I've ever posted, I just reshared it, said disgusting. She responded. This is a random girl on Instagram. You stupid commie cunt. I reply, can I help you, Rebecca? You are the worst kind of person on the internet. All you care about is that this kid was white. If he was black, you wouldn't be pulling the race card. The justice system determined the verdict. They're not obsessed with race and propaganda like you are. You are so brainwashed. People like you should be shipped off to an island to starve, ruining this country, SMH, with like the hand-smacking face emoji. And I was like, oh my, wow. Okay, and in typical me fashion and form, I'm like, where does this, this girl, this is not a private account. This is not like a, everything is hidden, like you, no profile picture. This is not a Finsta, nothing. So a quick little search pulls up where she works, her LinkedIn, all of that. And I see that she works at a bank, which means that she is dealing with 
people. She's not self-employed. If someone like works for an MLM and they like send me a message like this, like I'm not going to like fucking reach out and be like, hey, LuLaRoe, I'm just letting you know. Like, no, no, no. If it, if it fits, it fits. Like this, I'm like, mm-mm. So naturally I reach out to US Bank and I say, hi, I just wanted to know if this behavior is um, aligned with your company values. And it kind of blew up on Twitter. And even people who are like not on my side of it were like, I agree with like the verdict of the trial, but like you can't, she can't say that to people. Like Mm -hmm. you can't do all this. And then it got into this whole discussion of people being like, you can't be fired for personal opinions. A, physical threats of violence are not an opinion. Neither is name calling or any of that. And you can be fired for- You can be fired for any reason, Welcome to to capitalism. Like truly, like this is something that like, I think like that is so lost on people who are like so- anti any like government intervention and regulation in whether it's like work or income or homes or assets, resources, anything like that. I was just like, you're kidding me. And also like you sign a social media contract at companies that like either you have to like, come on, burner account. You can't have any that you are tied to that very similar to like, you know, sororities. And I was like, dude, come on. So she deleted everything. She unsent all of her DMs. She like privated her whole LinkedIn. She private, she deleted her Facebook. She, I think, changed the name of her Instagram, like all of this wild, wild stuff. And people are still like arguing about it all over my Twitter. But in the words of Taylor Swift, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Did you get a response back from US Bank? Yeah, they said we've like forwarded the song to like the right party and like thank you for bringing this to our attention. Well, but a ton of people have been like messaging them. Like one girl was like, if you don't do this, I'm closing my account. Like I've been there for 15 years, like blah, blah, blah. And and also the people who have been like, well, what if someone did that to you? And I was like, go, go right ahead. Who's going to do it? Like, it's like you've seen me saying like any like really like radical liberal opinions and you want to reach out to any of the brands that sponsor me, like go right ahead. I would love if then we weed any of those people out who don't want to. But also they have to do their due diligence. Like I don't get certain brand deals because of like how I talk online and how I've been online. Like that's how the nature of this goes. And just the idea that people are like, you can't be messing with someone's livelihood. I'm like, I didn't. She did. She's the one that started it. You, she didn't have to say one thing nope. to you. Nope. And it's like, we'll be the bigger person. And I'm and like, well, like, karma will do its own thing. And I'm like, hi, I'm karma. Nice to meet you, bitch. But even someone said, like, I agree with, like, what she said, but, like, I think, like, this girl Megan was, like, wrong for sending it to her work. But, like, when you have dumb and wrong, dumb is always going to lose. Mm -hmm. She shouldn't have, like, had any of that stuff public. Like, if she has those repercussions, it's not because her company found out what she said. It's because she said it. She said it. There's nothing for them to find out if you don't say anything. She felt real brave that day. She felt very, very brave. Also, someone was like, you baited her. And I said, with, can I help you, Rebecca? (laughs) That's not not baiting at all. I was shocked that she even replied after that one. Because I was like, okay. Because I, you know, on her other like social media accounts, like there were some like, you know, posts for like pro like women's rights kind of things. And it was very much like, I don't want to make this political. And I was like, oh, so what has happened to you in the last like couple of years? Because you were like towing the line of like, I don't want to upset people, but like I care about women's rights to then being like full force. I don't know. I like to blame men for these things. Yeah, but, you know, you got to give her her own responsibility, too. And she her actions will be dealt with. Mm -hmm. That is the truth. So I do not think I was wrong at all. I have no, no problem whatsoever reporting anyone to like their work at all, especially if they're working with customer service or working with people like and they're not self-employed. Like, no, your company has the right to know how you speak to people online. Yep. Let's get into our next section, which is, but are they wrong? And this is when people write in and share. This one is about a mom and child. I'm a senior in high school and just started applying to universities. I asked my mom to read over my application just to make sure I had everything correct, that I didn't forget to add anything and so that she could pay the $100 application fee. There was a space to add a third party who would have access to your application status and if accepted, all your grades, information, classes, etc. 
I had left this section blank because I thought it was unnecessary and kind of childish. She tried adding herself into this section and I stopped her. It ended up being a huge argument, which was unexpected because she had never been that concerned with my grades. I have to send my report cards. She doesn't know the login or the day they come out. Her argument is that it won't be any different than it is now, so I shouldn't be making such a big deal out of this. I said that the whole point of university is to be independent and be an adult. She also said that if she is the one paying for it, she wants to know what is going on with my schooling. My mom and stepdad don't have any money put aside and have offered to take out loans. I said that if the money is going to be held over my head like this for the next four years, I would rather just take out the loans myself. Instead of waiting for her and our fight to be over, I just submitted the application myself and paid the fee. Am I wrong? I don't think you're wrong. No. I don't want to like collude these two things together because they're very much not that. But like before you get to like financial abuse, there gets to be, and not saying that that's, this was going to go anywhere close to that, but when there is money being held over your head, like that puts you in a really tough space constantly. Mm -hmm. And that's something that like is not a necessary thing in this circumstance, you know? Like you don't need your mom, like it's loans either way. Agree. I think that you should take out the loans in your names anyway, because as long as she has some type of say and control, then she's going to try to control your life. Yeah. And if you're going to be an adult, I take it you're not technically adult yet since you got your dad's permission. <laughs> but if you don't want her to have any say, then don't give her any reason to have say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that you're wrong in any of this. I don't think so either. And also, like, then if anything were to potentially happen, it's in your control. Right. So, yeah, you're not wrong at all. Absolutely not at all. Okay. Next up. I am 20, she, her pronouns, and my boyfriend is 22, he, him pronouns. And his mom is also she, her pronouns. This past weekend was my boyfriend and I's one-year anniversary, and this is my first real relationship. As we are making plans the Monday before our anniversary, he tells me his mom called him today, and she's coming to visit for the weekend. He said it was very last minute because his dad was leaving town for the weekend and she didn't want to be alone. He then asked me if she could join us for dinner on Saturday, our anniversary. I reluctantly accepted because I felt like I had no other option. I thought that my boyfriend had forgotten to mention our anniversary to her when he talked to her, but he did mention it and she decided to come anyway. The night of the dinner, my boyfriend informed me neither he nor his mom had dinner reservations on a busy Saturday night despite the fact that I had encouraged them to make reservations at the restaurant we all agreed upon. We had to jump around to restaurants trying to avoid a two-hour wait, and on the car ride there, my boyfriend mentions our anniversary, and his mom says, are we still doing that? After the dinner, I was understandably upset because the night didn't feel like a celebration for us. He claims that there was no way he could have asked her not to come to dinner, and he also didn't actively make other plans to celebrate our anniversary another night. Am I wrong? Should I just get over it? Ugh. I'd be so mad. I would be so mad. Like, I don't know if you're downplaying how mad you are, but like, I, from this in itself, like, I feel like I would be so much more mad. This is just like no boundary. I mean, we all know the red flags that I talk about anytime that there's like a zero boundary with a mother-son relationship. I'm like, red flag, run. But this seems like he is at fault and his mom's at fault. You know, but like you're not dating his mom, you're dating him. And I just think that like you should be able to tell your mom like, oh, hey, sorry, we have our one year anniversary. We're not going to be able to do this. But then at the same time, I'm like kind of did you a favor because it's not like he actually planned anything. It sounds like you were the catalyst like driving the idea of like, oh, let's do something. Let's like celebrate, blah, blah, blah. And he couldn't even plan it when his mom was here. Right. And like her saying like, oh, are we still doing that? So rude. We? Ugh. Ew. Like she is the third person in this relationship. There's no way that he could have asked her not to come. How about this? Hey, mom, it's actually blah, blah, blah. And I's anniversary that weekend. Um, I'm sorry that dad's not going to be home, but we have plans. Love you. Bye. This is not like a hard place to be in. No. You know what I mean? Like he had lots and lots and lots of options. He would rather spend time with you and his mom on your anniversary than just you. 
Yeah, it doesn't seem like he really gives a shit about the anniversary at all, no. even though you've made it clear it's important to you. So like, even if it's not your gut reaction or like your gut instinct to feel like, oh, this date is important. I like celebrating this. It's like, oh, my partner wants to do this and you can't even plan it. You are not wrong. Don't get over it. Stuff needs to seriously change or like bounce. But hey, let's be honest. This is red flags, mama's boy. My automatic assumption is just bounce. Bounce baby out the door. Da, na, 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 na. I think I know that song. I don't want your shit no more. Nope, not that one. <laughs> nope, lost it. All right, so we're going to take a break now. Wee! And then we'll be back. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about Book of the Month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a, a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available. And I, I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited uh, for someone who like, <laughs> you know, the ease of getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices, but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is, it's kind of like a, a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are a part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress and as well there are reading challenges and rewards 
And Book of the Month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next, which for me is like the biggest hurdle. I love when other people make choices for me, especially when they're good choices. And I'm like, cool, I can trust you. So each month, the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from. All of the books are so good. You can't go wrong. And I mean that wholeheartedly. When we were picking like our selects for this, I was like, wait, this, I like all of them. This is hard. And I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like, okay, so these are like my top ones. I'm assuming they will be yours. So don't pick the same one as me. So then we can swap afterwards. And that's what we did. So we got The Ministry of Time by Killian Bradley. And we also received The Return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean. The Ministry of Time is like, people are calling it like if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books, it's quoted from Town and Country saying it's really innovative, fun storytelling. The Ministry of Time is definitely for you and listed as 45 of the must read books for spring 2024. And then Harper's Bazaar also said part time travel romance, part spy thriller and 100% multifaceted joyride. <gasps> when I tell you that I was like sold. We're also excited about the return of Ellie Black. And this one is about a missing girl who returns. But that isn't the end of the story. It's only the beginning. We both like a, a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since Detective Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes. Ever since, Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work, which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus, we've been recommended this so many times. Mm -hmm. So I, I we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com. And you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. Should we hop into the next? Sure. I am a 27-year-old female, and the guy, he, him, is 24, and his girlfriend, she, her, is 25. We met through mutual friends and got on all right. Had a similar sense of humor and interest, but never hung out one-on-one. -on -one. His girlfriend would sometimes hang out with our friend group, so I met her a few times. Right before COVID-19, we went on a night out. Our friends went into a bar ahead of us and the bouncer wouldn't let the guy in because he was too drunk. I suggested we get some food to sober him up. He then made a pass at me, put his hands down my dress, started saying he was really into me and we should have sex. This made me super uncomfortable. Thankfully, our friends then came to find us. I put this down to him being blackout drunk. A few weeks later, my housemate, 27, he, him, invited this guy to our house to watch football. The guy got drunk and tried to kiss me. The next day, I, tested, I texted him saying he made me feel really uncomfortable and conflicted in respect of his girlfriend and making it clear I didn't like him in that way. He was very apologetic. I have avoided seeing him since. Part of me feels guilty for never telling his girlfriend about this, but another part of me isn't sure whether it was my responsibility. Ew, ew, ew. Twice you rejected him. Yeah. And he has a girlfriend. Yeah. And just so wildly inappropriate. Mm -hmm. So she's wondering if she's wrong for not telling the girlfriend. No. If you don't want to, but like... If you don't feel comfortable to, then no. Yeah, because like this is something that happened to you that like you can decide how you like view the situation or not. But like this was like a non someone non-consensually touching you and mm -hmm. coming on to you, especially when they're drunk and also a man. So this is your story and your experience. If you regard it as trauma, that's your choice. You don't owe her anything in this like you owe everything to yourself but if you want to tell her and you just feel like you should like you just feel like it's not your place to tell her and you shouldn't tell her like you totally can't like if that's something you want to do like fully go for it but if it's not something you want to do you don't owe anyone that yeah if you feel comfortable to do it then do it. If not, then don't do it. And I think you're doing the right thing by, you know, keeping your distance too. Yeah. What about with like the fucking roommate who like invites him over to watch football and stuff? Like, does the roommate know? I mean, if 
he got drunk and tried to kiss her at the foot watching whether well, i watching it was like the oh more private yeah it was circumstance. a friend not in the room yeah because i think if you feel comfortable and like i think avoiding him are right on that but so i think if you feel comfortable letting your roommate know or someone else know like mm -hmm. so he's like not being invited around anymore because like this is not not an okay thing for him to do huh sorry yeah fuck that last one of the butter you wrongs dear megan and melissa i work in an office environment with around eight ladies age range like 25 to 45 there's one girl in her mid-30s and we don't have much in common therefore don't hang out outside of work and small talk is minimal she talks a lot about her sex life in the office and i do feel like our co-workers live vicariously through her wild and exciting life this easiest way I can describe her is she's a total Samantha. <laughs> Everyone loves her, but although she's well-liked, she doesn't seem to have close friends. We have worked together for about three years now and have never had any issues. I respect her as a colleague and she is good at her job. She has had major mood swings over the last six months and has become really difficult to work with. Some days she walks in looking fabulous and she's really mean and sassy, but not in a good way. Some days she shows up in sweatpants and no makeup looking not great. So side note, the writer term that they used was hella homeless. And I just want to make a statement that that is incredibly problematic and not okay to say. At all. That's not something that we stand by. No. Wanted to censor, but also wanted to let, let you know if you didn't know that that is not a term to use in this sense at all. And she looks borderline on the verge of tears. Some days she looks presentable and is work efficient. There are so many versions of her I can't keep up with which version we're going to get. The biggest issue I have is the attitude. She talks to people like shit and either disguises it as humor or says a half-ass apology and then says I have a lot going on. I do think she's a lot going on and serious mental health issues that she needs help with. Everyone is just brushing this under the carpet because as soon as someone says mental health, everyone starts walking on eggshells. I spoke to my manager about her behavior and I was told, you cannot suggest to people that they need therapy. I was made to feel like I was the villain for saying her recent behavior is unacceptable and yet all I suggested is that she needs help. I have good intentions, but I... I appreciate it's not 2009 anymore, so you can't just call someone bipolar when they have mood swings. I have tried to handle the situation as gently as I can. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Whatever's going on in her personal life is affecting her work performance, and I would feel 100% more sympathetic if she stopped being mean, but feel like she has a free pass to say do whatever she wants because she has mental health issues. It's so hard because I do believe she does and believe she needs professional help, but do not agree with her behavior recently. So hit me with tough love. Am I the asshole in this situation? Well, you used the word homeless to describe. So like, you used I'm the word homeless a... and you said bipolar. If you're saying this to us, yeah. everyone, when you're describing things that you go through, you usually, you know, <laughs> make yourself seem like in the best light possible. So if you went to your employer and said that she needed therapy, which you cannot say, mm -mm. that makes me believe that you probably brought up by her being bi bipolar in this meeting. Yeah as well as saying she looks homeless or said something that was worse. If you went in there and just talked about her job performance and that's it, then that would have been fine. But you brought mental health into it. Yeah, that's on you. Yeah. And since you brought that into the situation, then you are wrong in the situation. Yeah, 100%. Like this is, I am against anyone suggesting to someone hey, I think you need to go to therapy unless it is a mental health professional or if it's someone you're incredibly close to, you already personally attend therapy. There is nothing, nothing more patronizing than someone who does not go to therapy tell someone else that they need therapy. Mm -hmm. Like, fuck off. And if someone is going through something like a mental health crisis or they're like really depressed or whatever, it's the same thing as like telling someone that like, oh, did you know you've gained weight? And you're like, oh, I have no fucking idea. Like, oh, you're really depressed. Maybe you should get some help. Oh, no fucking way. I had no idea I wasn't doing well. People have to like come to their own terms of like when they're ready to do that kind of stuff. And that's like how I feel in personal relationships. Like I don't think that like pressuring someone to go to therapy is as somebody who's been on the receiving end of that. Like, and I've also 100% done it to friends before and have like since apologized. Like that was so out of pocket and fucked up. And like, I've been on the reverse. And like, it sucks. Like you cannot do that at work mm -mm. at all like if there are certain things like she's being really mean is she being mean to you is she being mean to other coworkers? like it, what is your responsibility here in like facilitating her day-to-day -day behavior like and what she wears like this is like very much like oh I'm recognizing that she's going through this like mental health thing and like I feel like I need to bring it up to like our employee like 
No, that's also like as somebody who deals with like mental health struggles, if I confide in like a coworker that I'm like not doing well, and then you go tell our boss, no, she has, she has to be the one to disclose her own like medical information if she wants to. And like, if you're having specific trouble with her on a work project or something that she has said, you address those things in the moment. And then like, you can tell your boss, like she's been late on delivering X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. Or if she's like being rude to somebody, like have a conversation with them aside, be like, Hey, was, how do you, do you feel about that interaction? How can I assist you in those situations? Like, and they're like, no, I really don't care. I don't want to say anything. Then like, you don't, but like, you can't go around like micromanaging and controlling everyone and everything. Cause like, you're not her employer. If they like don't like her behavior, they can fire her and they that can be it. But like you don't get to have it be like, well, I want to come at this from an empathetic way and I like she needs help, but I don't agree with her behavior. Like none of it's your problem. Right. And like if it is too hard for you to work with somebody like this who like you feel like you need to simultaneously save, but then also judge and like talk to your boss about like this may might not be the job for you. I just really don't like how this was painted. It feels like very clear that either she's not been diagnosed and has told you that she deals with bipolar disorder or you have decided that she has because like you really tried to paint this in like a she's wearing these clothes one day and then these clothes like it it's, it's super irrelevant. Yeah, you're wrong. This is not your place. And we shouldn't be out here judging other people's mental health, especially when it comes to work, mm -hmm. because you actually could be fired for this. Without a doubt. She could come to your boss and then you could get in, in trouble for mm -hmm. this. You are the villain for saying that, that, that she needs to go to therapy. She needs help. And like, that's unacceptable. Unless she asked you or unless your boss asked you, like, unless you are afraid that somebody is going to do harm to themselves or others, you need to step the fuck back. Hmm. Also, other people can see that shit. Do you know what I mean? I really can't be like, well, I have to do something because nobody else, like, she works with other people. People, not, what? Was that the last one of these? Yep, that was the last one. Okay, so now it is time for, but are they wrong? Also fondly known as Rachel of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Asshole idiot of the week. Who would you like to nominate? I would like to nominate Judge Bruce Scroder. So this is the judge in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. He basically made a mockery of the judicial system, not allowing them to use the word victim when it came to the people that were killed, mm -hmm. allowing this asshole to pick jurors at random out of, I don't know what that was, like a bingo thing. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about yeah. when you play bingo and they yeah. <laughs> spin the numbers <laughs> and pull it out. And just the way that he handled this whole trial he made a mockery of the judicial system, which is a joke to begin with, but he was the ringleader in this clown show. And yeah, fuck him. Yes, I agree with absolutely everything. I also think that there truly should be, like, we talk about old white men all of the time. And like, do I think that old white men don't deserve rights? I mean, no, that's not what I'm saying. Do I think that there should be, like, certain jobs which as an old white man you are either age you age out of or like you have to continually sleep past tests like similar to driving tests and being a judge is one of them so clearly wildly biased mm -hmm. and like just like a fucking bigot and idiot and asshole that like the fact that we all watched it happen is like wow i, I wow. knew what the outcome was gonna be so mm -hmm. there was no surprise to me when it was announced, but just the way the whole thing was handled. It was like a TV show. Like, I know. And this judge is a Democrat. What? Yeah. He was nominated to the court as a Democrat. Like he's a Democrat. Like a Clinton Democrat, as in Bill. That's what I mean, obviously. But like, like what flavor of Democrat? He was nominated in 1983. Oh, that's a different kind of yeah. <laughs> Democratic Party. But still. He is a registered Democrat. See, old white men. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter what their political affiliation I mean, is. Our president said he stood by the jury. Yeah. It is like, well, the legal system did its job. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, it did do the job of not actually getting justice for families or victims. Like, 
the reason why everyone's like, well, we have to like, this is, it is what it is. Like, this is how we had the outcome. And I'm like, do you think if this was truly fair and truly just like, these are the outcomes we would constantly be having? No, it's working how it's intended to work. Ugh. Mine is also about a white man. Okay. So I would like to nominate, and let's say this week, every week in the past and every week moving forward, because there will constantly be something that this man is doing. Dave Portnoy, he's like the head honcho of Barstool Sports. And I've had a lot of people who've like asked questions about Barstool and like the, oh, why is it problematic? Like why blah, blah, blah. So Barstool as a whole right now, what they've done really well is they've just like parlayed into podcasts in a way that defies their regular demographic and of people who aren't familiar with like Barstool, the website and the history, which is inherently misogynistic by nature. Like by design, this is an incredibly sexist, misogynistic, problematic website. It has been forever. Employees have been like, it has always been this way. But what they do is they have podcasts which they hire women to host and do all of this stuff where they get a female fan base, then they're able to not necessarily be held accountable by the people who would be really pissed off by their statements because they have this like fake guise of like, like women love us. Like we're doing great things. Like these things are not so attached. They've like really tried to distance simultaneously like Barstool has distanced themselves from themselves. Mm -hmm. So he is a professional asshole. Like truly, like I wouldn't call him a professional troll, but he kind of is. Like if you are familiar with like Perez Hilton from back in the day, like this is, it's a similar kind of holy shit, how can you say this about another person kind of thing? Like mm -hmm. constant harassment and beratement of other people. But as opposed to Press Hilton, who would go after like specific celebrities over and over again, Dave Portnoy specifically goes after female journalists and black athletes. <laughs> so we can just tell where uh, his affiliations are. So just a little brief history on some of his controversies. I urge everybody, I like sourced these mostly from The Cut and an article in The Daily Beast. I will have them listed in the show notes, but there's way too much for me even to like go through all of them. Like when I say he has so many controversies. In 2014, he called an ESPN reporter, Sam Ponder, a fucking slut who should sex it up and be slutty instead of talking about being a working mom. Uh, the reporter also alleges that he said her child should have been aborted, but he denies he ever said that. She said that there's a video that he has since deleted. After that, he then printed merch with a striking similarity to her face on it and a clown nose with an entire hashtag and Twitter campaign all about like taking her down. Uh, next part, trigger warning for rape, fat phobia, racism, sexism, violence against women, anti-Semitism, and transphobia. I might have missed one, but it's everything. He joked that a woman wearing size six skinny jeans kind of, kind of deserves to be raped, right? He joked that, well, we don't condone rape. Should a woman pass out at one of their blackout parties and sexual assault that happens is kind of a gray area. He referred to critics of the parties as crazy bitches and ugly D-Y-K-E-S. I don't feel comfortable saying that word. He wrote a blog post snarling that he was bringing back the word cunt, which not one for years to reclaim. Barstool then promoted the sense-deleted blog post with the headline, Slut Reporter Drinks Cam Newton's Jizz. He said that anyone who blocks traffic while protesting state-sanctioned violence and the racist policing of African-Americans deserves to die a horrible, gruesome, slow death. And not enough bad things can happen to these people. I want them all harassed, dead, and murdered. Further, uh, he wrote multiple pro-torture blog posts, multiple transphobic blog posts, homophobic ones. There's another employee there who has like one of like the very front facing ones, a long standing affinity for jokes about Jewish people. Well, Portnoy and two other higher ups conducted an exit interview with a female intern on the rundown. And he said that his coworkers were engaged in a race to see who could fuck her first. He also threatened to fire barstool employees who tried to engage in union organizing activity. And currently what has happened is he has been outed for repeatedly going after just legal women and very, very legal women and having violating and humiliating sex with them. I'm not going to dive into this stuff because I can't issue enough of a trigger warning in it. Like it's really intense, like accounts that these women have like alleged and that's like on the cut. I would really recommend people listening. I mean, reading that article, but it is one of those like conversations of, oh, wow, this is not illegal, but it should be. And like, it seems like we have in like the law, which we do this like black, thick black line of what people consider sexual assault and rape, what is okay and what is not. And in reality, it's not like 
that line is ever held up in court. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like there, there's any real, like, well, if you go past this line, you're going to try someone and then they're going to go sent to jail or anything like that. No, but it seems like people have this arbitrary idea of what assault is or things that are just unacceptable. And then these things happen. And then it's like, well, not this. This doesn't count towards that. And I'm like, in hypothetical, you would think that this would. But he's built an entire brand on misogyny, slut shaming, and perpetual harassment. Like, one of the biggest things with Barstool, if like if you are anti-Barstool, any journalist or anything, like he will literally go on Instagram lives for hours just like saying vile shit about them, make podcasts about them, make merch about them, like all of this kind of shit. And it becomes this mob mentality. And they do all of these podcasts, like I said at the beginning, that are like, hey, like with women that are like, hey, women like us, like blah, blah, blah. And it's like the I have a black friend argument, Mm -hmm. essentially, of what they're doing and like perpetuating this constant violence against women. And it targets internalized misogyny with all of these podcasts. And like, I feel horribly for the people who I assume there are some women there who are stuck in contracts or have been hired and were incredibly broke and like didn't have access to like This was like their job and they got hired and they have like been kind of stuck in this sort of thing. And women, a sad, unfortunate fact of like all of our lives, we all go through internalized misogyny. We all have to unlearn it at some point. And this just feels like a very bad hiding of like, we're a brand that banks on, a brand that's built on misogyny and we're going to have all these podcasts with women doing all of them, talking about like, you know, women's issues light and they're still going to all be under this brand that is inherently misogynistic and we're going to breed all of these women to, to not unpack their internalized misogyny and just be even more misogynistic and it's just horrible. And I am not, uh, oh, you can separate the art from the artist and this one specifically is like, if you support content that he puts out or his company puts out, you are by definition supporting him because that's what the site is. Like, that's what this is built on. It's been built on his personality and what he is like. And it has always remained that way. And just because you listen to a podcast that is completely unrelated, but is still with Barstool, hold those people to a standard of send a message and being like, I really love your podcast and I really love your show. I don't feel comfortable like supporting Barstool. I really hope that there is a time where you are no longer working with them. I would love to know as a fan of you, what can I do to help make this show that I love succeed without them? Follow those podcast hosts on their personal accounts. Like do all of that stuff. This is nothing against those women unless those women have like doubled down on those views and everything. And this is kind of how I felt with like the call her daddy, like Alex Cooper kind of like leaving and whatever. I'm like, I really hope that the views of this podcast change and like things change because I want to see people succeed outside of like leaving Barstool and all of that. But I'm just like very, very, very done with like seeing people defend the podcast that they listen to and the content that they listen to that is produced by Barstool and then be like, well, I don't know anything about Barstool. And like when simultaneously, when all these things are going on, you are contributing to the success of this incredibly problematic company. It's every day is something new. (sighs) It's just horrendous. Yeah, these are awful people. Awful, 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 awful people. So that is our episode. And if you want to vote and let us know who you thought was wrong in these situations, head on over to our Instagram. We will have a story. It'll be in our highlight. And you basically have like 24 hours. Should we wait till Fridays to post it so it gives people a day to listen? Oh, we'll do that on Fridays. If Hopefully that works better for all of you. And remember, when you are voting, <laughs> you are picking who is wrong or who is more wrong. And if you want to follow us on our socials, I'm at Megan Rinks everywhere. Go watch my YouTube channel and, you know, presets, book, all of those fun things. And I am at She Is Not Melissa and then also at Diamond Imprint Productions. Please follow and listen to all the podcasts I produce and all the audiobooks I direct and anything I breathe on. Thank you. Hell yeah. And then please go comment on our latest Instagram post or slide into our DMs and let us know what topics you want to talk about, want us to talk about for the, uh, but are they wrong nominating the Rachel of the week? Because again, we are pre-recording for the holiday season. Mm -hmm. We would love to, uh, to know. So we'll, we'll circle back and we'll see you again. 
soon. Bye. Goodbye. But Am I Wrong is a production by me, Megan Rinks. And me, Melissa DeMonts, plus Diamond Imprint Productions. Post-production by Coco Lorenz. And production assistance by Melanie D. Watson. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist-approved, so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head-on.